This is the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames. Brought to you by Special Needs Family Hour, Inc. For the next hour, we'll be discussing the particular challenges and real-life solutions for families with special needs. If you found us, please know that you are not alone. To find out more, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here is your host, Julie Ames, on AM860, The Answer. Thanks for listening today to the Special Needs Family Hour. I'm Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our show is dedicated to helping those parents and caregivers who are caring for special people. The theme of the show is the essay, Welcome to Holland, by Emily Pearl Kingsley. Kingsley describes the experience of raising a child with a disability. It's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy, only to realize that your plane has landed in Holland. Holland isn't a bad place. It's just a different place. So you must go out, buy a new guidebook, learn a whole new language, and meet a whole new group of people you would never have met. Holland is a code word for living life with those with disabilities. My hope and prayer are that the challenges we all face in Holland will make us better people. It has been an interesting time for us in Holland. Our oldest two daughters, Marie and Christina, are on the autism spectrum and have intellectual disabilities. Our youngest daughter, Anna, is in college. We have enjoyed having Anna home on break. We have actually been having family dinners on a regular basis. Dinner time has always been difficult in our home. Food has always been a sensory battlefield because of Maria and Christina's tactile defensiveness. At this point in time, all their food is made from scratch, except for things like yogurt and gluten-free bread. I have been preparing meals for Jeff, Anna, and myself, while Maria and Christina microwave their frozen foods that they helped prepare ahead of time. It has been a joy to actually eat as a family, without the drama of dealing with Maria and Christina's sensory issues. So, this is our new normal. We have a great show today. Bill Carl, the morning host for Faith Talk 570 and 910, will be interviewing me. We will be discussing my new book, A Very Special Journey of Grief, Grace, and Gratitude. No, they are not okay, but it's okay. Raising Special Needs Kids. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM. 860, The Answer. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour here on AM860, The Answer. My name is Bill Carl, and I guess my guest today is actually your host, Julie Ames. She's the host of the Special Needs Family Hour on for the last five years, and such an asset to our community and to the special needs community. Julie's an author, a writer, and a speaker, and today we're discussing her new book. It's called A Very Special Journey of Grief, Grace, and Gratitude. No, they're not okay, but it's okay. Raising Special Needs Kids. Uh, Julie, I'm so honored that you would allow me to spend some time with you today and talk about this book. Thanks uh, for having me in. Thank you for being willing to interview me. Well, it's kind of it's an honor. I remember when the program started 
uh, now five years ago, and uh, I first heard the poem Holland that opens up uh, your program uh, and uh, got to know a little bit of your story. And so it's a, it was an honor to me when you contacted me and said, hey, would you would you help me along with this? Now, for those who maybe have just started listening to the program right. recently or just kind of stumbled upon us, don't know the story. Tell us a little bit about your background and why you decided to write the book, A Very Special Journey. Well, my background is I went to school to become an industrial engineer. I minored in Spanish and I minored in technical business communications. I met my husband in college. He was a West Point graduate, 82nd Airborne. We got married. He was assigned to the Pentagon. I ended up becoming a they were hiring industrial engineers with the Navy. I became a cost analyst where I uh, estimated weapon systems and aircraft carriers. I graduated from the cost intern program with Naval Sea Systems Command. I'm probably boring everyone right now. <laughs> but um, anyway, we decided to have a family. When we decided to have a family, I decided to stay home. And we started our family. Little did I know that I was raising two out of three daughters that had special needs until they were almost about seven, five, and Anna was two. Mm. So it came as a great shock, and I'd never been around children. So there were lots of signs along the way that I didn't recognize. And I started writing this book shortly after we moved to Florida. That was about 2002. I got the letter about their challenges about 2003. It was therapy. Mm. And I would just go and I would write. I would be anywhere that there were tunnels, <laughs> McDonald's, Burger King, Chick-fil-A, and I would write my story, like what I was feeling. Uh, you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour here on AM860. I'm Bill Carl, and uh, Julie Ames is the host, but we're kind of turning the mic around a little bit so we can get to know her better and talk about her book, A Very Special Journey. Julie, you and your husband both highly accomplished um, him, West Point, you as, uh, I mean, a cost analysis person, I can't even say it all the way. I mean, to, finding out how much it costs to put together an aircraft carrier, essentially. And yes. so you're both highly accomplished, numbers people, this is how it goes. And then one day it didn't go that way. What was that like for you? When things didn't go that way, it was, it was, um, Depressing, but I didn't realize they weren't going that way. Yeah, and let's, it, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I didn't realize things were going that way. What I realized is that my children weren't meeting the benchmarks in the books. Mm. And my husband finally said, you know, I'm going to throw that book away. Wow. <laughs> you know, the one like what oh, happens yeah. in the first year. What, like, well, that don't seem because I'm analytical. Right. I like checking off things and a measurement. <laughs> so I was becoming obsessive. So he had a point. I mean, there's only so much one can do. So, yeah, you just, it's that mystery. It's not working out. And then when I finally realized that that was life changing event, it's as if it um, explained what I was dealing with, but it also presented the challenge that it was my genetic makeup that had caused the problems mm. because I have, uh, I'm translocated, my trans my tip of translo uh, chromosome three and five, the very tips are switched. Mm -hmm. I have all my genetic material, so I am a balanced translocation. 
So basically, we're normal. I always tell people we can debate that later, but we're basically normal. Right. Uh, but my children, I can have different types of children. I can have Marie and Christina. I can have a normal child like Anna, or I can have what they call a crude shop baby. And when I got, um, what happened is I received, I knew the kids weren't maturing right, things weren't going right. We went to see a geneticist, and I got the letter from the geneticist. Okay. When I got that letter, I read it, and I realized in black and white, this is what's going on. I was immediately, I felt relief mm-hmm. because I understood why I couldn't potty train them, why they wouldn't chew their food, why I was trying to, why I couldn't teach them basic concepts like above, below. I would line up the toy figures, who's in front, who's in back, who's in the They couldn't answer it. Right. And there's, you know, something, uh, I have a, a child who is dyslexic. Okay. And for somebody like me, and this is not even close, but uh, in, in, in a sense, when he could not spell things correctly or work out basic stuff, that was really hard for me because I thought it was us. Right. Or I thought he was being lazy or he wasn't right. trying. And, you know, you hear all kinds of advice from you know, maybe the neighborhood know-it-alls or the right. church ladies who... Oh, if you just do this, if you just do that, and then one day you find out, hey, it's none of that. This right. child has a disability, and you know my son now is a is an incredible student. He's never going to be able to spell, right? And when you kind of let that go, that's a freeing moment. Yes, it is, and I, I can understand. Well, and that's the neat thing is you're very verbal. Uh, your English, I mean, I'm just always amazed at what you're able to do on the radio and and just the commercials you come up oh, thank with. thank you. He does the pepping commercials. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and now that you've heard Bill, you will start recognizing his voice everywhere. But, um, uh, yeah, that was what was undermining me completely is I couldn't understand that I was an engineer and I, I couldn't teach him basic stuff. So, yes, that did a number on me mentally. But at the same time that I received the letter that day, I also realized that I wasn't going to be having any more children. But what I didn't know is I was expecting baby number four that day. Wow. So, huh, that was exciting. <laughs> you know, I want to jump in here. Yes. By the way, uh, Julie Ames is the host of this program, the Special Needs Family Hour. My name is Bill Carl. We're talking about her book. It's called A Very Special Journey of Grief grace and gratitude no they're not okay but it's okay raising special needs kids and this is julie's story she shared this story over the last five years on the radio program in bits and pieces but when you get this book you really will be able to kind of see it in its in totality in its context and kind of bring some more of the meaning of that in everyday life back to your own story so i want to jump in with that as we talk more about uh, what it was like to discover that Christina and Maria uh, had these disabilities, what that meant for you and your husband, how that's impacted your life, and, of course, your daughter Anna uh, right. moving forward, and all the things that go along with that that none of us really consider when we think of special needs. Um, right. And as we talk about that, uh, you, in the midst of all of this, you found out that you are pregnant with a fourth child, and I've read that account 
uh, in the book. I know that you and your husband are devout Catholics. Right. Uh, I know that abortion is something that's not in the table. Right. So with that in mind, continue that part of the story. Well, when I realized uh, my situation, I just thought, wow, there's a baby coming. And I mentioned it to my pediatrician, and I told him it could be a Crudishaw baby. That means cats cry in French because it's a deletion 5 chromosome. That is the other type of child I can have. There's a piece of data missing on yes. the chromosome. Yes, and it's the voice. It's right where the voice is, mm-hmm. and it's the baby sounds like a cat crying. Now, they do live longer, but basically they die when they're very young. So I mentioned to the pediatrician that... I was expecting a baby in December. It was going to be a Crudishaw baby had he ever worked with one. And he said he can remember in his internship seeing one. But he was very nice. He didn't tell me, oh, they die early. Oh. He didn't say anything. When I saw my neuro- Christina's neurologist, I said, I'm expecting baby number four, December. They were both just, they were nice. They didn't tell me the negative parts. They just. It, they were kind, it sounds like. Yes, they were kind. So, but of course I was terrified mm-hmm. and at 16 weeks I went to my doctor's appointment. We couldn't get a heartbeat um, and my mom was with me, but Maria and Christina and in the waiting room and, you know, they're on the autism spectrum. We had promised to take them to the library and their day has to go the way it's planned. Right. And they had already been there and my mom's like, what's happened? You know, Christina had already Lost had it. an accident, yeah, just sure. a whole mess, right? I said, the baby's dead. And, you know, mm. I mean, how does one say that, right? And fortunately, my doctor was able to get me in there on Saturday morning. I was able to have a DNC. And and um, it was just a very sad, depressing time because I'm depressed about Marie and Christina. I'm depressed about uh, baby number four. And I was also... I was terrified of how I was going to overcome all of this. Yeah, when you when you speak of that, um, again, being a parent is challenging in the easiest of circumstances. True. <laughs> uh, during these moments and, and through your experience uh, as a mother, what are those things that you're able to do that to kind of or that you find that kind of bring you back or allow you to kind of function through that and to, to, to maybe overcome or to continue stepping? Well, I was, I had had a very dark place and it's written about in, in the book early on in our marriage. So this would have been maybe 12 years earlier. And my husband realized where I was because basically I felt like I was on looking at the abyss. Mm-hmm. I was on the brink and all I could see was darkness and of course, you're depressed that you've lost a baby. You're, un- I've never had postpartum depression or anything, but there's this, you're grieving that you've had lost a baby. I am still grieving because when you realize that your child is special needs, you start grieving. It's like the loss of a child because mm-hmm. you've lost a normal child. So I was in that whole process of finding new dreams for them. I was grieving, and my husband, one day, he just, he looked at me. We were at dinner, and he said, Julie, you do not have the luxury. You have got to, st-. basically, he was saying you have to stay in the game mm. and and um, work through this, and I did. 
Now, I did see a priest. I talked to him. He sure. Was, he was wonderful. He gave me the book, um, uh, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? We can argue about the theology about it. <laughs> but I read it three times, and it helped. The bottom line is that God is there to help you if you ask for it. And um, that book helped me. Um, I think what would have helped me, I've done a show with Crisis Center of Tampa Bay. I think if I had just called them and just talked to someone, a counselor at Crisis Center, just to get my head on straight, I think that would have helped. Mm. Well, we're going to dive more deeply into this as we come back shortly with uh, Julie Ames. She is not only the host of this program, the Special Needs Family Hour, but she is also the author of the book, A Very Special Journey of Grief, Grace, and Gratitude. No, they're not okay, but it's okay, raising special needs kids. And we're going to talk more about what it has meant for her and her family to, quote-unquote, stay in the game when we come back here on AM860, The Answer. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour here on AM860, The Answer. I'm Bill Carl, and I've had the privilege today of sitting with Julie Ames, who is the host of this program, and I get to kind of turn the mic around as uh, Julie and I talk about her new book, A Very Special Journey of Grief, Grace, and Gratitude. It's the story of Julie, her husband, her three daughters, two of which, Christina and Maria, uh, suffer with significant uh, significant disabilities. And we're going to talk more about that today. We're going to talk about what life has been like for them. And does it help to you, uh, some of the things that they encountered while navigating medical care and other things that pop up when you're dealing with special needs children. So, Julie, with that said, maybe just briefly thumbnail sketch for us the disabilities that the girls share and, and what that looks like on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Marie and Christina are on the autism spectrum. They have intellectual disabilities. Um, Maria has asthma also. So for the last, it's allergy season. Uh, for about a month or two there, we were meeting with her doctor every two to three weeks, mm. just trying to get her asthma under control. Maria only reads at about the kindergarten level. And at the same time, she's very um, physical. She can do chores. But there are days she doesn't feel good because of her asthma. But it's amazing what she's able to do from blowing off leaves on the sidewalk um, one thing she does do is she has stimming issues and this it's very, it would be very difficult for Maria to have a regular job when she stems, she rubs her hands together back and forth and she does what I call shushing. She'll go shh mm-hmm. and she'll just do that. So we were at the doctor's this morning and she got stressed and she started doing her little shushing thing back and forth and it happens. Christina, um, that's called your stimming behavior. 
Christina is also in the autism spectrum. Christina has epilepsy. She's had, oh, I don't know, three, four seizures in the last week. She had a grand mal seizure, oh, about a week and a half ago. So we're constantly dealing with that. There are good days and bad days for Christina. Um, they're both happy kids, basically, but they they are sick. Um, and Christina, if she gets stressed, she will hyperventilate. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a seizure disorder, it's not good to hyperventilate. Right. Right? So she'll go, and she'll just start hyperventilating. But that is her stimming behavior. And what a stimming behavior is, is it's a behavior that a child with autism will do that will help calm themselves. So with it's one of the things I'm just always working on. And then we have the sensory challenges. And at the beginning of the show, I talked about having dinner. Oh, we just have finally reached the point with Marie and Christina that this is far, this is as far as they're going to go with their sensory issues. Okay. And we make their food ahead of time. And when I say this is our new normal, we're actually sitting down to dinner before it was Marie and Christina going through their hyperventilation, their stimming, trying to face whatever type of texture food okay. on their table. And we talked about that at the yes, beginning of the yes, program. Yes. And now you're able to pre-prepare those foods. They can yes. microwave them and then... And uh, they help cook yeah, them. They that's help. great. Yeah. So it's that's basically what my life is like. And I'm just amazed I've been able to do the radio show and the things I have been able to do. Well, and uh, yeah, so highly accomplished. And you've been such a blessing to so many others. It's easy to forget the things that you deal with on a daily basis and that your children encounter. And let's talk about that, because when you have a special needs child or children in your case, there are a lot of outside people who have to be a part of that process. Uh, Doctors, uh, counselors, you've talked in your book about unexpected visits and dealing with child protective services, I would imagine. Somebody sees your child doing a stemming behavior or right. or they catch them on a bad day when maybe they have an accident in a in a waiting room and very well-meaning people can bring some really difficult circumstances into your life. Oh, that's very true because people don't real you see what you see but you don't realize what's really going on. The good news is is that now that they're older, it's obvious that they have special needs. When they were younger, you didn't know. You didn't know what was going on. Does that make sense? Yeah, because there are, there are kids who have special needs that have something visible. Maybe a child right. is a Down syndrome child. Right, right. Or there has been a physical accident or there is a physical defect. And you look and you go, okay, I can see right. that this is what it is. Uh, sometimes children with special needs, particularly autism spectrum, right. that child looks no different from any other child. Right. And so you think, I see this behavior, something horrible is going on here. We got to do something. Well, here's a great example. When Christina was little, she would hyperventilate, right? Well, when she was little, I could get behind her back, lean her over, scrunch her body, and then she couldn't hyperventilate. Mm. Now, that might not look correct, it wasn't hurting her. Her psychiatrist approved. She has a psychiatrist. It was very effective. It but, stopped the hyperventilating and it prevented seizures. Right. But to the uninitiated, that could look like physical abuse. Right. 
Right. Or why is she doing that? Mm -hmm. So, yes. So you run into a lot of issues like that. The other thing I really have to be careful with is Christina. Um, We call it, even to this day, I will tell my husband, she's blue glove behavior. Mm. Blue glove behavior is when she is so upset. Oh, I forgot. Maria's OCD. She's Mm. actually diagnosed. Christina isn't necessarily diagnosed, but there are times where she would just become so obsessive. One night we got home late. She couldn't find her blue winter glove. She wouldn't stop. I, it was like she was going to get completely sick and start having seizures. We finally found it. But it's not unusual for her to get in a mental track, okay, like that. So she shows up at school in that mental frame mind. What are you going to think? <laughs> Worst day ever. I want to yes. talk about what's happened with that more specifically. Yes. First of all, you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. You're on AM 860, The Answer. My name is Bill Carl, and I get to be, I guess, a special co-host for Julie Ames today as she shares the story that you can read in her new book. It's called A Very Special Journey of Grief, Grace, and Gratitude, soon to be out. And Julie, where can people get the book? Um, it will be on Amazon. Okay. So you'll be able to get it anywhere online, and it will be coming out in the next few months. Excellent. So talk about that with uh, an unexpected visit and dealing with Child Protective Services. Oh, well, what Let's just put it this way. My kids were in the crossfire. Someone had made a phone call saying that they had been abused and that's why they were retarded. And those were the words that the CPI officer, DCF, used when they came to the house. You're kidding me. No. And it was more like my kids were collateral. They were trying to get at somebody else saying that they had abused my children. And I remember thinking, this is the most bizarre. So I invited the woman in, right? The CPI. She had a police officer with her. and um, CPI would be Child Protective Investigator? Yes. Okay. Yes. And it's not unusual for parents with special needs children to get reported. Sure. So I actually have, in my book, my goal is to teach people how to handle it. So I have, this is what you do if they show up at your door. And um, so she showed up. And I, I said, they're... They're retarded, or they are the way they are because of genetic anomaly. Obvious, someone's lying. This, anyway, it was just, um, it was horrible because she, I, I helped her. You know, I interviewed with her separately. My husband did. They wanted to talk to Maria. Maria was asleep. They wanted to talk to Christina. Fine. They went in Anna's room and talked to Anna. And to this day, she is still upset about it. She's How a college old was student. she when this? She was nine. Oh, my goodness. And the police officer was in her room, a man with a gun, and the CPI person was interviewing her. And to this day, she is still upset about it. Mm-hmm. All right? It just, it, and even after that, because there wasn't any reason to, like, you know, touching, good touch, bad touch, all that kind of stuff. After she was done with them, she told me, she says, Mom, I don't feel comfortable being at gymnastics class. I don't want the teacher to touch me. Okay, this is gymnastics with a huge window where everyone's always watching. And I said, Anna, 
it, it's fine. I will watch her, teach her, and make sure she's fine. I mean, it's a woman teacher. Yeah. Okay, so that's when they left my house. But here's the thing, is they show up quickly. Oh, <laughs> they show up quickly, and you try and help them, right? Um, let me just say this. Always have a lawyer, because this CPI officer started showing up, like at school, to ask Maria questions, which was what happened is the principal was there, the counselor was there. Sure. It, it ended up not being a bad thing. But, oh, my goodness. And then it takes months to close the case. They don't tell you it's closed. So I went and I got the printout of the report. But then it's an investigation. So you have the actual detective show up. Okay. It's just, it was crazy. Oh, and they take pictures of your refrigerator to make sure you have food. I mean, yeah, it, it's such a catch-22 because there are so many children who are endangered. And at the same time... You know that your children are not in danger. That you're that you're that this is uh, that what you're experiencing is unreal, and it's uh, not only invasive. I would imagine there's, from what you've just spoken, there's a level of humility or hum- humiliation there. It was horrible. Yeah. And here's the sad thing: is that they had come the night before. We had gone to Wikiwachi. They were late getting to bed. Christina wasn't at the blue glove level, but. You know, she was doing her thing. Maybe they would have taken the kids that night. Yeah. And that's the scary thing is you just, you don't know. And and all I could say to this woman was, look at who did the report. Okay. This is someone that's certifiable challenges. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's not what happens. Yeah. So anyway. No, I just, I think these are things, again, these are the stories of special needs families that don't get told. Right. Um, there is a certain level of, we, we, everybody wants to bless you. Oh, God bless you. You're a saint. <laughs> but how do we help? How do we make things better? Right. And, and I want to get to that uh, in our next segment. Uh, not only are you here to stand alongside other special needs families, but help those of us who are not living that experience, who are not living in that world necessarily, other than maybe an acquaintance or a friend, how do we become an ally with you? So I want to think about that mm. as we take a break here on the Special Needs Family Hour here on AM860, The Answer. I'm Bill Carl. Julie Ames is not only the host of this program, but she's written a book called A Very Special Journey of Grief, Grace, and Gratitude. No, they're not okay, but it's okay. Raising Special Needs Kids... It'll be out on Amazon within uh, several weeks, and we'll talk more about that when we return in just a moment here on AM860, The Answer. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames.
Hey, thanks for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour here on AM860, The Answer. My name is Bill Carl, and I don't know if you'd call me a guest host today, uh, but I'm here with Julie Ames, uh, the host of this program and the author of a new book called A Very Special Journey of Grief, Grace, and Gratitude. No, they're not okay, but it's okay. Raising Special Needs Kids. It's coming out on Amazon soon, and if you or someone you love uh, has a special needs child or several of them, uh, this may be something that resonates with you, and if you're not, it may be something that helps you become an ally to families in your community who are dealing with this. So, Julie, uh, we've talked about what it was like to discover that Christina and Maria both were uh, developmentally disabled, what that meant with invasions of privacy, and just kind of the the, the trauma of figuring this all out, and then the right. relief of figuring it all out. Let's talk a little bit about your daily life and the challenges that you go through with everything from seizures uh, to OCD behavior and then the stuff that every family goes through, puberty, discipline, <laughs> taking a vacation. <laughs> talk about that. Um, there are crazy things. Like right now, Maria's OCD and she has Band-Aids on every single finger because mm. she'll try and pick her hang the hangnails mm -hmm. anyway. Uh, we had decided it was time. It's time to be done with the Band-Aids. Okay. And my husband says, you know, Julie, you're not helping me out on this. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was right. I wasn't. But um, bottom line, I realized I can't do it all in one day. And I can't do it on half hours because guess what? We don't tell time real good when it comes to half hours. So right now she wasn't putting the Band-Aids on till 11. Then we made it to 12 the next day. Then to 1. We're now at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So at 4 o'clock, there will be 10 Band-Aids on her fingertips. But I'm hoping in the next week or two, there won't be any Band-Aids. And during the day, she's, winter, she's wearing her pink winter gloves. Okay. But there are no Band-Aids. So that's one example. Talk about, you know, and I think this is something we've talked a little bit off air about, not directly, but in terms of your future plans. You know, it's one thing when a special needs child is a child. Right. Talk about a special needs child becoming a special needs adult. Well, one thing I wish people had told me is that they mature. Mm -hmm. All right. Special needs children do mature. And some of the behaviors, everything does get better, but it's, it's, it goes inch by inch. It's, right. It's very slow. And, um, that's one of the things I didn't realize. But right now, what I'm faced with is if you have a child that can't have a job, their whole life, if we place them somewhere in a group home, anywhere we place them, their whole life will become that place. So my goal is eventually to find a place for them uh, before I'm dead. You're supposed to help your child make the hardest thing, you know, do the hardest thing they will ever do in their sure. life, the transition by your life. And that's where I'm at now is finding something meaningful. It's important for them to have meaning, something meaningful every day, funds, friend, family, faith. That's all important for their lives. And it's been very difficult right now, but we're going to start a new day program. So things should get better. That must be an odd feeling too, knowing that as you move them toward that, that time when you won't be there and your husband right. won't be there. Your life, and I don't know if free up is the word that I want to use, your life will change too. Yes, it will, dramatically. It will change dramatically, but I plan to 
be there with them. Mm-hmm. And I, it's hard to picture them not being there. At the same time, I don't know what I would do if I had all my time to myself. <laughs> right. No, that makes that makes yes. tons of sense. Uh, and talk about God in the middle of this, because for somebody who is not of faith or somebody who doesn't you know, know the Lord, um, to hear people who are struggling through this may sound so odd to them. But talk about how, how God has been a part of this in your life. Well, God has always been there each step of the way. And um, like when I lost the baby, I mean, there were so many nights I would just cry. You know, I would have loved you. Mm-hmm. Um, you go through that whole thing. But the grace, well, you really recognize God is in other people. And one day I realized, wow, that first kindergarten teacher Maria had, wow, she used to teach at the Catholic school at the church we go to. But her child was, all, had, was on the autism spectrum, and she switched to being a public school teacher. She was the first child that had to deal with Maria not being able to handle things. Mm. The teacher that had to tell me that Maria was a special needs kid. That woman had had brain cancer. She was so afraid to tell me. Mm. She prayed all night and didn't get any sleep because she didn't know how she was going to tell me that my kid belonged to special ed and not regular kindergarten. Mm. And there were so many people. And then finally, when I finally realized I lived a life of grace, was a minister. I went, I heard this minister speak about a special needs child who was severely, so severe that people went babysit for him. Mm -hmm. And he said, I've lived a life of grace. And his son had died unexpectedly in his sleep. And he says, I no longer live a life of grace that I once lived. And as he talked about it, I realized that I lived a life of grace because I realized I couldn't handle my children by myself. Mm. That I couldn't take care of them without God's help because it was too much. That is so powerful. We're going to uh, wrap up here in a minute and then we'll have our final break. How can people who do not have special needs children and are not necessarily tied with that community, how can we be allies to you? How can we care for families in our community in a way uh, that's meaningful? Um, just offer help. I'm always amazed at the people that don't have special needs kids that do amazing thing from Special Olympics gymnastics, buddy baseball was started by Russ Overbrocking, people that they just reach out. Um, I've always, I, I don't mind if someone feels bad, like, oh, that's too bad about special needs cat. What I don't like is if someone feels sorry for me. Right. That that feels really bad. But I am amazed at how nice people have been. And yes, sometimes I get stares. One time Anna said, that lady's staring at us at the grocery <laughs> store. I said, everyone's, I, I looked at her, I said, everyone's always staring at us. You know, <laughs> I mean, what's new? But then at the same time, uh, there have been people that have helped me. Mm. Uh, from when Christina's, we were in the lobby of medical building, Christina was having a major seizure, and I needed her medicine. And this woman was walking by, and I said, can you please watch her? I ran out to the car, got Grace the medicine. Man. I had her hold up. I have a sheet in the car, held, held up the sheet, and I took care of Christina. Well, the name of the book is called A Very Special Journey of Grief, Grace, and Gratitude. No, they're not okay, but it's okay. Raising Special Needs Kids. And it will be out on Amazon very soon. And we'll be back to close out the program here in just a moment. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. 
That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. So, Bill, thank you so much for interviewing me today. I think you did one of my first interviews when I first started five years ago. Well, we were talking about that before the program, and I even remember the first time I heard the Holland poem. Yes. Uh, and uh, how impactful that was. And to know, Julie, that you continue to use your experiences as a way to bless others. Yes. And to give them some hope is such a powerful thing. So I've just been privileged to be part of this today. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. This past Mother's Day, we celebrated our fifth anniversary. This will be our last show for a while. This is not goodbye, but a pause on our current format. Our website will continue to be a resource for parents and caregivers who are caring for individuals with special needs. Our newsletter will continue to provide you with up-to-date information. The Special Needs Family Hour and I are evolving. I am completing my Master's in Clinical Mental Health Counseling through Liberty University's accredited program to become a licensed mental health counselor. My book, A Very Special Journey of Grief, Grace and gratitude. No, they're not okay, but it's okay. Raising special needs kids will be coming out in the next few months. It is an exciting time with many things happening to include upcoming speaking engagements. We appreciate our listeners, our guests who are making a positive difference in the world, our awesome sponsors, and our friends at Cell and Media Group. Thank you for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. If you've missed any part of today's program, you can get the podcast of this and every show at SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. While there, please take advantage of the resources we've made available. And if you're so inclined, please support the advertisers that support this program. Special Needs Family Hour, Inc. is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. More than anything, just know that you are not alone. And we invite you to join us next Sunday at 1 only on AM 860. The answer.